Hello and welcome to the Bedrock Podcast, recording from Dover Air Force Base's Innovation Lab. Here on the podcast, we are talking about leadership, innovation, and issues affecting our Dover community. I'm your host, Alex Griffin, and today I'm joined, very lucky to be joined, by uh, both principals from our on-base schools, Mr. Jason Payne from George Welch Elementary and Ms. Nicole Jones from Air Base Middle School. And as well, we're also joined by Colonel Tyler Schaff, our Mission Support Group Commander. Welcome to the program, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Both Mr. Payne and uh, Ms. Jones bring 22 years about uh, experience from education uh, to our great schools on base. Um, Mr. Payne hails from the great state of West Virginia, and uh, Ms. Jones comes from the first state of Delaware. Um, both vital community members here on Delaware, those schools being on base, it's, it's a pretty cool situation we have here. And Colonel Schaff, our mission support group commander, been here for about two years. Um, he's been in the Air Force uh, for almost 26 years. Uh, he's been leading airmen for that long, and uh, he's um, also been, uh, he's got a daughter who's in the seventh grade, so he's been involved with schools uh, that long as well. So again, welcome to the program, folks. Today we're gonna talk about uh, all things affecting uh, the schools and uh, how they impact our students and our families and um, our Dover community. So uh, I'll just kick it off here and uh, start with uh, both uh, Mr. Jones, or, or I'm sorry, Ms. Jones and uh, Mr. Payne. So tell us a little bit, uh, how has you know the Caesar, Rod Sydney, Caesar Rodney community, how have your individual schools, how have they adjusted to this kind of new learning environment that um, our students have been dealing with? So specifically, start that, Mr. Payne? Oh, yep, sorry. So specifically for us, I mean, we went home on Friday, March 13th, like everyone else expecting a weekend and hearing some things about uh, the COVID virus. And next thing we know, we are now home and we have been home for a while. And so That's as right. a school district, we had to develop a plan regarding how we could work with our students from home remotely. So as a school district, we made a plan. We then um, started to teach our teachers and prepare them for what this online learning platform was gonna look like. We then uh, started to roll out some of that information to parents. We got everyone acclimated, teachers and families to this online platform and then most recently we have started some new learning with students at home mm -hmm. so that's been the biggest adjustment just leaving school on march 13th on a friday and then completely changing how we work with our students yeah it all changed didn't it I think at the middle school level, though, as opposed to elementary, we already use Schoology on a regular basis. We also have a one-to-one -one device program at the middle school. So our students were used to logging into Schoology through the Clever portal each day and used to using Chromebooks each day. So I think that helped with our transition, but I definitely felt for those with the little guys, especially like kindergarten and first grade, I still wonder how, <laughs> how the miracles are happening each day with those little guys. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, you know, I know we face this here in, in the Air Force, but for you all, you all are leaders as well. How, how have you all kind of had to adapt to, to leading in this situation? Uh, well, for myself now, I am a Zoom uh, expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> we definitely, I'm uh, what I would say more of a people person. Like I enjoy talking to people and interacting with people and reading people. And mm -hmm. that's been the most difficult part for me yeah, you can't is do that now, anymore, can you? 
uh, participating via Zoom and not being able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, typically like, you know, just walking down the hallway and getting a feel for how students are doing and families are doing and teachers are doing through this process. So that's been the most difficult part for me is just trying to keep those established relationships and making sure that um, me as the administrator and the leader of the school, we're making sure that teachers are comfortable, families feel comfortable using the system um, and those types of things. Mm, yeah. Ms. Jones? And, and luckily we've had, through the district, we've had, um, along the way, we've learned some things. And so uh, <laughs> they set up a technology help helpline because it's hard sometimes for us because we don't, as an administrator, we don't always see it from the screen of the student or parent. And so the technology helpline has helped with that. They've also set up an instructional support helpline. Yes, you know, they're still delivering the meals and then with the ongoing staff professional development. But I'm with Mr. Payne. I like being around the kids. I miss being in the cafeteria, believe it or not. And empty hallways just, it's just a really eerie feeling. Yeah, they're, it's weird, isn't it? Coming back to an empty office or something yes. like that. Yeah, Colonel Kurt, Shaw. Especially Schaff, with oh, everything. In the summer, it feels different because stuff are, is off the walls. You know, the, the building looks different in the summer, but it's very strange being in a building where literally we just walked out and everything's <laughs> still exactly as it was when we left. Yeah, it. you've got like St. Patrick's Day stuff up still or something like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Schaff, uh, for you, uh, you know, we, we, I'm sure you've experienced some of the same leadership challenges that, that the principals are talking about. Uh, from your perspective, you know, how have things changed for you and, and how have you adapted a little bit? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for that question. So, uh, you, you know, where, where do you really start on this? Um, you, you know, uh, just like the uh, school administrator said, you know, the, the next day we come in and uh, and uh, we, we don't come to work and uh, we, we had to take a pause and figure out how we're going to adapt to this because we have the uh, unlike a lot of the businesses and, and really the schools for that aspect, you know, we have to get the mission done. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there there has to be a right level of tension to make sure that we keep our people safe. And uh, we still need to uh, uh, perform that mission. You know, we're accountable to our nation to make sure that we can deliver the goods that we need to do and get the job done. And so, so we uh, we started pretty slow, and we thought that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've uh, slowly been kind of working back through things. And uh, you know, obviously in concert with uh, you know our, our nation, uh, the Air Force, and uh, for sure the state to make sure that we're we're not too far ahead and we're not too far behind as mm -hmm. we uh, we work through this. Yeah, right on. Um, you know, I think that that's all important stuff to say. You know, we're, we're all just trying to move at the right speed, you know, and that's hard to find that, that balance, I think. So, Colonel Schaff, I think your daughter had a question that uh, that she wanted to pass along. Um, would you like to ask that to the principals? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much. So, uh, one of the things I've been telling the folks in the mission support group is, uh, hey, th this is an opportunity to look at some of our processes or some of the things that we've done in the past that take up a lot of bandwidth or maybe uh, are not the best processes. And as we work back into bringing folks back to work, we need to identify those processes that we maybe no longer need to do, or there's a much better way of doing those. And so as I've been, uh, you know, spending a little bit more time around my daughter than normal, um, we, we've been talking about these things. And so I asked her today, I said, hey, what kind of question would you ask for uh, Principal Payne and Principal Jones, and she she actually asked the question: Is uh, what what things have you adapted to that you may not start back up again, or a process may have changed for the good that you just weren't tracking previously? If you don't mind, Mr. Payne, I'll hop in here I, as I have Alexis currently, and I actually love this question. And one of the things that 
first came to my mind is that because we have uh, military families and so we serve, there's oftentimes either before or after a deployment where there's respite time. And so families will often go on vacation or spend time together before the family member goes away or once they um, reintegrate. And mm. so I think the remote learning is an opportunity for that. For instance, we had um, a, young, a young lady go to Germany for about a month and we already had the online platform of Schoology, so she was able to participate in some capacity, but I, I think this opens up doors for students who maybe have a medical issue or maybe have a, a military need with regard to the respite that can provide instruction ongoing, even, even during leave. So for instance, let's say, um, you know, Mrs. Torgerson, because uh, that's who Alexis has. So <laughs> yep. she could provide, while Mrs. Torgerson was teaching the live class, let's say if that class were being you know, recorded or zoomed or something of that sort, Alexis could still participate or another student could still participate while being away as if they were there to some degree. Yeah, interesting. That's that's pretty, uh, that's, that's a good way to think about it. You know, I mean, I guess for our listeners, not everybody uh, might understand the kind of the situation we have here. Um, you know, we have a local school district who has two schools on the Air Force installation. Well, that's not a singular thing in the Air Force. Um, it's certainly uh, an important thing to, to uh, important distinction and something to highlight because not everybody has that relationship. I mean, I've been to several installations that, that don't have that, and it's it's pretty awesome not only for the um, for the service member you know to have that environment for the, your kid. You know, my third grader. I mean, it is uh, very special for him to be able to go to school, and he even says it that you know all the kids in his class know what he's going through. And he knows, conversely, what those other kids are going through. He's even said, you know, hey, my friend's mom is deployed and I'm, I've been extra nice to her or, or whatever. So that's, that's pretty awesome that, that I think that, from a, that we have that situation here. Yeah, and, and that's uh, one area I don't want to left unsaid today is uh, that's another opportunity being uh, the mission support group commander is myself or my deputy go to the Caesar Rodney school board meetings. And uh, I'll tell you, the superintendent, Dr. Fitzgerald, and the school board president, uh, Ms. Jessica Morelli, they, uh, they really treat us as part of their team. And so I, I know we have the uh, on-base schools here today, but uh, it's really an opportunity for all, all the uh, schools in the entire community who do such a concerted effort to make sure that uh, all the uniqueness of the military child is taken into play here. And so, you know, that, that's another reason that I'm, I'm really interested in doing this, this podcast and, and talking through this, because uh, the, the amount of effort that the entire, uh, actually all the districts put into making sure that our kids um, are, are included and uh, accounted for during not only this time, but all times is just something that we can't say thank you enough for. Yeah, that's very important. Um, kind of moving on, uh, ahead a little bit, um, what, I know, I realize that, that all this hasn't been decided yet, um, but what can students and parents, as of now, what can we expect, expect in the fall? Um, super good question. Let's figure it out here. Yeah. <laughs> we're asking ourselves those same questions oh, right good, now. Good. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to determine at this point what the fall will look like. Um, I mean, we obviously are under the direction of our superintendent and the school board as well mm -hmm. as um, the Department of Education. And right now the Department of Education has created some working groups specifically around that topic, like what will school look like in the fall? Mm -hmm. So even right now as a state, they're trying to determine what that might look like. So um, 
I can say I have not a single answer regarding what it might look like, but right. stay tuned. There are definitely people working and talking uh, about what that should or could look like for us in the fall. Yeah, awesome. And Mr. Payton, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that, that one of those meetings happens today at 2 o'clock, right? That was a meeting that was scheduled. I believe it's yes. today at 2. Yes, yep. That is correct. Well, if it's one thing we're used to in the Air Force, it's being flexible. So um, I think we'll, we'll we're, we're have no problem being patient for that answer. And uh, I know there, there's a lot of smarter people than, than us working on it. So that's that's good to hear. Um, you know, as we also look for, towards the future a little bit, uh, there's been a big construction site over there next to the schools. Um, I didn't know if uh, Colonel Schaff or, or either of you all would, would like to talk about that a little bit. What, what is that over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you, we are really excited about the, uh, the new elementary and the middle school um, that uh, has been funded by DODEA, but will be part of the CR school district. Um, you know, it's um, you know, going to be built to host about 490 children. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let uh, uh, Mr. Payne and Ms. Jones fill in any of the uh, any, any of the void that I have here, but uh, I went through the plans again yesterday just to refamiliarize myself, and uh, it's really going to be awesome. You know, it's DODIA's 21st century school concept with flexible learning spaces that encourage students and teacher collaboration. Um, it'll have movable walls for maximizing the use of space, display areas for student work. Um, actually, we'll have out, outdoor or outside classrooms that will have an overall nature-based theme um, that will make use of all the natural resources in the area. Um, it'll have performance, common dining areas that are flexible, um, computer labs, science, lab, science labs, information centers, a couple gymnasiums, and then uh, the, the uh, sports fields will all be relocated as well. And, uh, you know, there'll be demonstration uh, PV panels, demonstration weather station, solar hot water collection, all connected to an energy dashboard that will display information from these features. Wow. So I am really excited about the uh, potential for this school. Um, you, you know, we're struggling a little bit on the timeline with some of the weather and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's delayed a little bit. And uh, I know the current school we're in right now has been there for a while and I know everybody's anxious to, uh, to move over to the next one, but I, I think the uh, little extra weight is going to make it all worth it. Anything that I missed out there uh, to either of the principals that you guys are looking forward to or any of the uh, learning uh, objectives that may change based to this really cutting edge technology of the school? On a side note, the first thing I thought about was those collapsible walls and outdoor classrooms could probably come in handy real soon. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> it's almost like we social knew. Distancing, yeah. Social distancing added to this. I think we need to move up the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying. You know, one of the things I would like to highlight, like I think we are pretty unique in the area as well, is even though we're two separate schools in one building, there aren't a lot of kindergarten to eighth grade facilities around. And it's true. Uh, I myself not being native to Delaware and getting to know the military families that uh, they rely heavily on their neighbors and their friends because their families are not necessarily close by. So I think one of the biggest assets of our current building and the new building will be the joint connectedness hmm. of two separate facilities yeah. just to kind of give that family feel in a small community to people that really do rely on their neighbors a lot and their friends because their families aren't necessarily close by. Mm. That's a good point. 
Yeah, d definitely. You know, you walk into any building and you can kind of get a sense of the culture and the environment. And there's no doubt when you walk into that school, th that facility over there, you, you feel, you know, how important the students are and the kind of family atmosphere that exists. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's a neat thing you'll have going on over there. Um, you know, as we talk about, you know, the kind of the military lifestyle and, um, you know, how you all support that, you know, you all have a, a lot of different education experiences to draw on here. But how, how different is it and what do you all do specifically to kind of uh, cater or help develop those military kids? You know, what's one of the hardest things as administrator when you become a principal of the school is like, what can, what's common amongst all of our students and our families that mm. we can kind of build something on? And fortunately for Ms. Jones and I, we kind of plopped right into like the glaring thing. What's the commonality between of all of the families in our community? And it, it's clearly the military for us. I mean, so we definitely try to play on that heavily. I mean, hmm. at Welch, we have um, a passport system that when families attend our school functions, they get like a sticker for their passport book and the kids move up in rank just like their parents do. And then we give out prizes uh, for those types of things. I mean, our guidance counselor does TDY groups for kids um, if their parents are deployed. We celebrate Armed Forces Day, Month of the Military Child. Um, we do friendship groups for kids that are new to our building. Um, we do like passports around the world where students um, kind of research a country, oftentimes one that they personally have been to. I mean, we do have students that are world travelers, which mm -hmm. is also unique in my educational experience that we have so many kids that have been so many places and come with a worldly experience that's really beneficial and something we can use to our advantage. Yeah, that's very true. Agreed. And at the middle school level, what we try to greet the families. I mean, they're coming, I mean, sometimes almost right off the plane and, you know, they're, they're still jet lagged and they're strolling in with their paperwork. Um, so we try to help with all that as much as we can. So military families are really good about bringing a lot of the information with them. But if something got lost in the move, um, we always reach out to the schools, especially at middle school, because I try to cater their schedule to their needs. So we might have a kid that comes in who had, you know, advanced coursework in one area, but not in another. For mm -hmm. instance, we have a, a student who attends part-time at the high school and part-time at Dover Air Force Base Middle School um, because she had already earned high school credit in her previous state. So we mm -hmm. really, as a district and as a school, try to cater uh, the needs of the families around the master schedule uh, and their needs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, definitely the, the transitory lifestyle sometimes of the Air Force can present some challenges for you guys, I'm sure. Uh, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, a personal anecdote, I guess, is, um, you know, I, my son's first memories of school, kindergarten, first grade and, and stuff were in Germany and he was used to traveling all over the place. And uh, we were about to PCS to McDill Air Force Base in Florida. And uh, one day we were walking to first grade and he said, Dad, I'm, I'm really worried about the move. And I said, well, what's, what's bothering you? And he said, well, I'm just really worried. And I said, well, what can I do to help? What's the matter? And he said, uh, you know, keep in mind, this is a kid who, you know, in 30 minutes we were in another country and kids all around spoke different languages. And he said, well, Dad, I'm worried that we're moving to this place and I don't speak Tampan. 
and, and he didn't realize that <laughs> they spoke English uh, in the school in Florida. And so for him, that's just a totally different perspective that, uh, you know, most kids in the country don't grow up with. And so it's definitely something unique that, that you all do a great job of kind of helping those kids grow and, and learn in, in a really, really great environment over there. Um, so we're talking about that. You know, I think that um, things like the month of the military child and, and why we do stuff like that, you know, why do you all think some of that stuff's important? Well, I mean, it's an honor to serve those who serve us. So we have to recognize the, um, all the good and all the bad that comes with that sometimes. We're, we know what it's like for all of our kids to be the, the new kid at school. And so we understand that the military lifestyle is important to them. So we really try to um, honor them through the different events that we do. So Mr. Payne and I, um, since we've been together, and Mr. Payne and I actually go way back, um, even prior to our time at the two military schools. So we coordinate events um, during the entire month of military child to celebrate and honor those families. Awesome. Mr. Payne, you wanna hop in there? I was just going to mention that, you know, every time we do month of the military child ceremonies and we have a guest speaker and it's always uh, usually someone from the base who themselves was a military child, like they often talk about you know, as a military member that you chose that you mm -hmm. enlisted, you became part of that. But but these kids were just born into this environment, <laughs> you know, like they move regularly. They have new friends. They say goodbye, friends. And it's not really something that they chose for themselves. So we always try to make sure we remember that, you know, this is their lifestyle that was kind of given to them by their parents. and. And they, it's wonderful opportunities to be able to move and see different places, but at the same time, they also do say goodbye to friends and know that they'll be moving again soon and all of those things. So we try to make sure not to forget that this was something that they didn't choose for themselves. It's really just the lifestyle that they have grown up knowing. Absolutely. Yeah. And also as Colonel Schaff, I think it was Colonel Schaff that said earlier, because we have a relationship with a local school district and the military installation, that's different. I mean, some of our families are coming from other places where they just attended a school off base. So a, sort of a typical public school as opposed mm -hmm. to one that's located on an installation. So because all of our kids are military, they know what it's like to be that new kid. So we put in, we put in place when families enroll, I, if I'm, if I'm present in the building at that time, I, personally introduce myself, offer a tour. We set the kid up with a student ambassador to show them around. Oftentimes, some of the kids will say it's overwhelming because all the kids there know what it's like to be the new kids, so they wanna help out so much. <laughs> and so the kids are already overwhelmed on their first day and then they have you know 100 kids in their face trying to be helpful. <laughs> um, so sometimes that's, that's actually overwhelming, which is sort of an interesting uh, interesting thing because in, in the in the People are too nice, being people are too nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you, it's too much for them sometimes. So. Um, I think we, because this is a life we live every day, we're, we don't, we forget that they may leave our school and go to another school where some of those kids have been there their whole life. Um, they haven't moved every two to three to four to five years. So I think that's um, something that we have to be mindful of to, to make sure that we, because we have that opportunity that we take it, we continue to take advantage of um, having that military lifestyle all in one place. Yeah, it's very important. Colonel Schaff, did you have anything uh, else you'd like to ask? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit. And, uh, 
you, you know, talk a little bit about why, uh, why we had this idea to do this podcast. Um, so the, uh, the Bedrock, um, which is the innovation lab here on, on Dover Air Force Base, they've been doing podcasts uh, with different leaders that come to base and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a good session and, and talk to them. And the audience is mainly military members. And uh, so, so we had an idea that, uh, you know, maybe doing something with the school will open up our aperture a little bit here and get some of our, uh, our uh, families involved in some of these. And, uh, and, and the reason I think that's important as, uh, as you know, all conversations right now lead back to COVID, unfortunately, is uh, as I've been talking to my daughter, you know, we have TMO next week and we're PCS in the week after. And, uh, you know, p- part of the uh, challenges she's having with COVID right now is she, she doesn't have the closure with school. She, she has said many times, I don't get to thank my teachers. I don't get to say goodbye to them. I don't get to thank the administrators, the uh, staff. And so uh, unsolicited, she, uh, she wrote a note um, the last couple of days um, over Schoolology to every one of her teachers thanking them for, for what, uh, what they've done. And so, you know, I've, I've seen the parades that uh, you guys have put on, you know, through the, uh, base, th- through the base housing, you know, honking horns. And, uh, you know, some of the emotion snuck up on me, seeing how much the staff cares, how much the teachers care, and what that meant to the kids. And so, you know, as, as I thought about different topics for podcasts, I, I just thought this would be a real special one because I do believe that, uh, you know, number one, many of the students won't be coming back next year due to the nature of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But second of all, you know, that j- just uh, to have the school year over, I know Mr. Payne is working a, uh, I- I'm not sure what term you use, but as they graduate to the uh, the next level, and uh, those uh, will be leaving Miss Jones to go to high school as well, they're, they're not going to get those goodbyes, those graduations, and uh, and and I have seen firsthand that that's taken much more of a toll than, than I anticipated. And mm-hmm. so so I think this is important. Um, and, and so I'll just kind of uh, push that back to you guys. And, you know, if, if you'd like to address the parades and maybe how your staff felt about that. And uh, and also, what you, you know, fr- from the perspective of the, the staff and the teachers, um, it's probably a little bit different for them. But they also don't get the opportunity for closure. You know, they, they put their whole hearts into watching the kids progress through the year you know, both uh, emotionally and intellectually. And, uh, you know, they don't really get to, to see the end of that. So wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that as, as you're doing all these Zoom Zooms and uh, <laughs> talking to your teachers and finding out uh, where they're emotionally thinking on this and, and uh, you know, kind of an opportunity to speak on behalf of them as, as hopefully this uh, podcast will get some um, exposure to our families out there. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit of a sap, so I get very emotional <laughs> even talking or thinking about it. And so... Um, at the parade, at the, we had locker pickup. We actually have scheduled an eighth grade moving up uh, drive-in, uh, moving up ceremony for our eighth grade students. And I know I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> that's just part of who I am. But it, it's just it's 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 hard enough to see kids go at the end of the year anyway. But like Mr. Payne said, just to everything just stood still. So you walk back in, and you know where the books were, the books are, and where the pencils are, that's where they sit. And so it's it's definitely an emotional time. So we do what we can, although I'm sure it's never enough. Um, but I, the parades are as much for the kids as they are for us. Now, some of our middle school school kids said that that was a bit elementary, but I still saw some <laughs> of them to us anyway. And our staff really got a kick out of it. We're a bit hokey over there at Air Base Middle, so we really got a, a kick out of seeing all the kids out there um, celebrating all of us and, and each other. And, and for us, I mean, even though we're interacting every day with kids on Zoom, I mean, it's still not three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like, and so 
even when we because we've done the we just did a teacher parade and then the monthly military child parade and we have two upcoming scheduled a kindergarten graduation and a fifth grade moving on ceremony and the thing I remember before doing the first one, like I was very excited. I thought it was going to be great. And then it became very emotional when yeah, you see families yeah. standing on the corner and they've made a sign for you, <laughs> you know, saying that they miss you, they miss school. Like that really kind of brings it back to perspective outside of I'm on a Zoom session trying to teach you a topic that everybody's kind of in this together. And when you, that human element of it is really what I think brings out the emotion in all of our staff. Cause the parades were so long that like, I would be coming out of a cul-de-sac and seeing staff members coming into the cul-de-sac in their vehicles. <laughs> and you can see people crying, like, <laughs> their staff members driving and crying. And I'm sure it, of it. it's very emotional because I mean, as a teacher and administrators, like you are with kids all day long and they tell funny stories and there's always something new and exciting. And when you're on the computer, part of that is missing. No one's getting yeah. a hug. No sure. one's hearing about, you know, I'm sitting in these Zoom sessions and kids are showing their pets, like, look, we got a new <laughs> puppy, you know, like that, that interaction, you know, it's so much more than just teaching a lesson. And when you drive through the neighborhood and you actually get to see your families again, it is very, very emotional. That's true. Yeah, my son's always trying to show off his younger sister in his Zoom calls, so I, I see that. All oh yes, we, we've seen lots of siblings. Please <laughs> love the it. siblings. I love the siblings. It's awesome though. Lots you know? of show and tell in elementary. Like, look, I have here's here's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Lots of things. That's Everyone awesome. just wants to share. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, cool. Um, did you all have anything else you all would like to throw out there today or, or talk about? Um, no, I would just like to share. I mean. And I think I can speak for Miss Jones. We both worked in other schools and it truly is a privilege and an honor to be able to work on the Air Force installation. I mean, I've lived here 22 years and in, you know, the Air Force space is kind of unique. Like I lived here my whole life and I didn't have an access card to get onto base. So it's like hmm. the best kept secret in the local area. And until you really kind of come into it and really can really appreciate the families, the children, the work that their parents are doing. It really is a really unique, wonderful place. And I think I can speak for both of us. We're very honored and privileged to be able to serve as principals of both of these schools. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I used to come out and swim in the pool with friends that lived on base because we didn't have a, a guard check there then. Hmm. and. It's still even starting, even starting as the principal four years ago, I, I didn't anticipate, and I don't know why I didn't anticipate, just the difference when the kids are saying the pledge, the patriotism and the pride that they feel. Um, it's just, it is such a proud, such a proud place to work because you don't just have school spirit, but you also have military spirit. And so I think it's just a really, just a dynamic, awesome mix. and when we have the month of the military child events and the speakers, I mean, it's usually not a dry eye in the place. Hmm. It, it, it really is just a, such a unique thing. And having grown up here and went to CR and lived in this community, I don't know that I anticipated feeling differently. I just thought it would just be, you know, a, a new adventure, a new school, but just, just that pride and patriotism piece was just, it was just really, it was really moving for me and, 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 and continues to be. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Colonel Schaff, did you have any parting thoughts? 
Yeah, so, um, you, you know, you, you guys both represent, um, like I mentioned in the beginning, um, all, all the, uh, the, the staff and uh, the administrators and the, the teachers out there that uh, do such an awesome job supporting, uh, supporting our military children. And, uh, you know, even uh, Mr. Payne's one of our honorary commanders here on, on base. And unfortunately, we haven't got to do all the things we wanted to do due to COVID. But, uh, you know, you guys are, are equally important uh, to, to us as uh, – as we know the, the kids are to you guys. And so I, I did not want to miss the opportunity today. I, I know you've seen that I've, I've written an article about the CR school district and their, their support for us, but uh, ju just the, uh, the, the heart and passion that you put into making sure that our children get the max experience. You know, it's, um, I have one, one daughter, as I've mentioned, and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, become way more important to you than I would have ever realized. And, uh, and, and so we entrust you with that and, and you guys pass times 10 every single uh, time I've seen here, um, as we're sponsoring new people coming in this summer, the first topic that comes up is that it is, Hey, this, uh, this school district here and these schools on base, they will really take care of your children. They'll challenge your children. And, uh, you know, the teachers are great. The staff's great. And so I do not want to miss the opportunity just to say thank you guys. And thank you for being such a huge part of the experience here at Dover Air Force Base. Really appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. As, as we do you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and, and myself as well, I, I just want to say thank you to not only to the to the larger Caesar Rodney community, but also, you know, the, the teachers and the administrators over there at uh, Welch and Air Base Middle School, uh, Ms. Jones and Mr. Payne. Thank you all so much for what you do every day. Um, it, 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 it is a, it, it's not lost on us how much you all care about those kids and uh, care about those schools. So thank you all for joining us today. Uh, appreciate you all listening. This is the Bedrock Podcast.